Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And we're just two days away from the biggest podcast ever. Mick Foley will finally be here on TIJ on Friday. The long wait is over, but today, one other show before Mick gets here, and this is another tremendous guest, a master illusionist and magician who's done some daring demonstrations involving levitations, water tanks, and straitjackets. He's also a huge KISS fan. Got his start thanks to the WWE. Great story you hear all about it. Plus, we have an amazing personal story uh, where I almost messed up one of his uh, great stunts. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Angel, the star and creator of the Mind Freak Live show at the Luxor in Las Vegas, and it is incredible. you got to go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's a spinoff of his popular A&E TV show, Mind Freak. He does some tremendous crazy stunts, demonstrations, as he calls them. He puts his life at risk every day during his live show. I saw it with my own two eyes, and you'll hear him talk about things that have gone wrong, times when he almost died, like what happened to him last Friday night when his upside-down escape from the straitjacket went horribly wrong and abruptly ended that show. Chris was rushed to the hospital but released that night and was back on stage doing that stunt the very next day. That's Chris Angel for you. The show must go on. Now, this interview was recorded before last weekend's failed demonstration, but you hear Chris talk about this particular straitjacket stunt in great detail and why it's so difficult and why, even though he's performed it thousands of times, it can still go horribly wrong, okay? He's going to take us inside his 60,000-square-foot laboratory where he works on new demonstrations and magic tricks for his show every week. So, this is a good one. Chris Angel bringing his illusions, levitations, and crazy stunts to talk to Jericho. He is the mind freak, and he's here today. Thanks in part to the great sponsors let me do this podcast for you for twice a week for free, including a sponsor who's literally both saved my wrestling and singing careers, talking about Diamond Dallas Page and DDP Yoga. And now because Dallas wants all of you to live the healthiest life you can, just like me, and be the best you can be, just like me, he's offering all of you, the Sexy Beast listeners of Talk is Jericho, 30% off the DDP Yoga Now app and all DDPY related merch. I'm not kidding, 30% off, okay? And all you gotta do is go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Dallas is calling this the Hall of Fame sale because, as you know, he's about to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, so he's celebrating this huge occasion with a great deal for you. You guys have heard me talk about what DDP Yoga has done for me, and you're going to hear it again when the new Fozzie album comes out very soon. You're going to hear it my singing. Singing is all based around the core, just like doing the workout, and DDP Yoga has helped strengthen my core all across the board. So you're going to hear what DDP Yoga has done for Mick Foley as well, uh, this Friday on the biggest podcast ever with all the wars Mick has been through. Uh, Mick is still uh, having some issues with his hips and his body. We'll talk all about that, but Mick has dropped over 100 pounds due to DDPY and is in the best shape of his life. And DDPY can do just the same for you, man. And I do DDPY everywhere and anywhere. Just open up the app and get to work wherever I am, backstage at a venue, in my hotel room. The app makes it easy, and it's got a whole new set of workouts in it, so you'll never get bored. The app's also got tips for healthy eating, recipes to keep you on target. It's everything you need to live a healthier life. And like I said, you can now get 30% off all the DDP Yoga Now app and all related merch at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. 30% off all DDPY swag, hats, check, t-shirts, check, yoga mats. How you doing? Heart monitors, how you doing? So much more. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. It's the biggest sale ever on the DDPY program, so take advantage of it. 
celebrate Dallas's induction into the WWE Hall of Fame and get on the path to healthier living at the same time, just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your life today. Get in the best shape of your life physically and mentally and do it now. Talk is hockey. Talk is Jericho. Backstage here at the Luxor at the uh, Chris Angel Theater with, with Chris Angel. And this is funny because we've kind of been talking a little bit about how we've met before. You're kind of a little bit foggy about it. So let me tell you a couple things. So you, I first met you when you were working at the WWE New York restaurant bar. You were working there, correct? Yes. I started in 2001. The McMahons gave me my break and I'm very uh, grateful uh, and, uh, and humbled by their uh, chance on me. And what was your job there? Uh, well, I, uh, I, Went down there because I was looking for a location because I was so sick and tired of being rejected by, you know, <laughs> the uh, the credible people in 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 on Broadway and and in New York. I kept on knocking on doors for so many years, and I basically said, you know what, these people don't get it. Uh, they're going to get it once I show them what it is I wanted to do because they were always looking for something that was like somebody else, and I wasn't like anything out, and I was kind of like doing my own thing. So I basically financed uh, by mortgaging my mom's house, taking a business loan for uh, $50,000 and took $360,000 on a loan for the house and, and basically put a show together, Mind Freak, uh, on Broadway. And I was looking for a location and I thought the best location was Times Square. Uh, the McMahons had the WW. Uh, F at the time. Yeah, WF New York. Yeah, and then it changed <laughs> to WWE. And I went down there and I convinced them to essentially let me use this room, which was a banquet room, which held about 145 people, which was just the storage room. And I put a 10-foot by 12-foot stage that was nine inches off the ground in the center, had three sides surrounding me. And I put this little show called Mind Freak on. And it was the start. I was supposed to be there for like you know 12 weeks. I ended up being there for 14 months. And it did amazing. It got me my first television special. And, uh, you know, the McMahons, you know, really gave me that opportunity. And they explored a lot of different things with me. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very indebted to, into, to them. They were amazing people. They still are today. I have a great relationship with them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just crazy. They, they put me in their magazine. They put me on their TV Raw. They put me on all these shows. Mm -hmm. Because I was unknown. You know, like I had... You know, long, long hair down on my thigh. Very long hair. And I was completely unknown, and I just knew what I wanted to do and uh, worked my ass off and, uh, you know, got that little bit of a break. But I was scared because, you know, like I had this crazy loan out, and I didn't even make $30,000 a year then. My expenses, you know, because it was a local one union, uh, we had to have union people there. And so I had to make $30,000 a week in order just to cover my expenses. So it was a really scary time. People thought my mom was. Was crazy let me finance or take a mortgage out in the house but but uh and this is after 9 11 so like right. you know the whole city was dead you know but i don't know i just i just really wanted to do it and i was sick and tired of being rejected and i said you know what i'm going to create my own road not follow somebody else's okay so here's the funny thing so there, i have two stories about us and the first one was around that time so my band fozzy played at, at WWE new york we played there a couple times and the first time we played there, you were there. And you're like, hey, I'm, I'm working in like there was kind of like an executive room or something like that. It was the banquet room. The banquet room, yeah. <laughs> I'm working in the banquet room. I'm doing you know, tricks. I'm, uh, uh, yeah. I'm doing tricks. I was doing like 10, 12 shows a week. Yeah, like illusions yeah. and tricks and all that yeah. stuff. So you came up to our dressing room. Right. And you're like, hey, man, you know, uh, whatever you said. I remember two things. One, you gave me your card because you said if you ever need any, uh, any stage wear made – 
Yeah. I make it. Right. I'll make it for right. It's true. You used to make your That's own true. stuff. I still do. Do you still you do? I, I have a 60,000 square foot facility now, but, but yes, I still am there in the trenches. Okay. So here's the thing. So you sat down and said, okay, pick a fork off of this tray. And there was a tray of like 20 forks. And I picked one randomly. There was no chicanery. I picked one. And you sat in front of me and you bent the fork. <laughs> now, the, my guitar player who still plays with me on the right, drummer who still plays on the left, and they were like, dude, don't you see what he's doing? And I was like, he's bending the fork. They could see the illusion from the angle they were at. I think. But sitting face to face with you, right. you bent this fork in half and blew my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of your big tricks. Oh, at the time. awesome! Yeah, yeah. And I still don't know what you did to, but they were like, "Dude, they, we we saw it." And I was like, "I never saw it." I, I thought you were like, "Right, oh my gosh, this guy's like a wizard." Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> a wizard for you, but yeah, not for them. Right, right? <laughs> you know, that's the thing about magic. You know, it, it, and that's the challenge of me doing Mind Freak Live here at the Luxor. It's like you know, I go in the audience, I appear in the audience, I fly around, I do close up magic, and it's all about angles and different things. But you know, I was I was trying to obviously impress you because you know I was. Uh, very much looking to utilize relationships and network and, 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 and get to be friendly with people that, that were good people that saw my potential and would give me that credibility to take me to the next level. And mm-hmm. you definitely were somebody that, you know, and still are, you know, our, our, our fixture in the WWE family. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, have great respect for the uh, athletes that, right. that, that have uh, worked and continue to work, and especially having been 17 years in the WWE. That, that's, a, that's a testament to you because that's right. not easy, man. I, I know what you go through physically, you know, just what your bodies endure. And that's just you know, the fans don't realize like, mm-hmm. like how your body hurts every day, you know, and like how sure. you still go out there and you still, you know, go out there and you entertain and you're doing these incredibly physically demanding feats and you're not 20 years old. You know, I'm 48, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it feels like to get older and still have to do that. Yeah. So here's the other one too. Now, this is a funny one. You kind of mentioned it when we were talking earlier. So I can't remember exactly how I saw you earlier in the day. <laughs> Maybe I went by W New York, whatever, but you said, Hey, I'm doing this stunt where I'm going to be submersed in water <laughs> That's true. for 24 hours. Right. Come by and and and, and see me. Like yeah. basically come by and say hi or whatever. It was like basically yeah. I took it as come by and like give me some support. Sure. Because sure. you were like at this point in time, Chris Angel was who? Yeah, was a nobody, right? <laughs> exactly. And basically, so was Chris Jericho. But we always had a little connection for whatever reason. No, no, you you were you were you were you were, you were doing well. well. You were doing a lot better than me. Trust <laughs> me, dude. People people knew who you were. People had no idea no who idea. the hell I was. So, but you had your tank in the lobby of the WWE New York restaurant right. right on broadway and 43rd street yeah like in the, the uh, corner in the right merch there yeah in the merchant exactly so we had a show at the garden and afterwards I remember so what this. are you doing tonight what are you doing i said i'm gonna go visit my friend chris he's 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 submerged in a tank of water and not knowing anything you know it's after the show i got a piece of pizza and a thing of yogurt and i went to the merch area and there you are it's like luke skywalker and empire strikes back you are submerged in the water right and i'm looking at you i remember you, you like had this look and you had the super long hair yeah and you were kind of like your eyes were like so up excuse my language lost in space i right? was yeah i was it was really difficult to do because i didn't have any money at the time so it wasn't like i had like scientists helping me do this like the human body's not made to endure mm-hmm. that type of punishment and i had to do it if i died i was gonna die uh doing this thing and i had i remember uh um a lot of support from the wdw because it was uh, a show at the garden yes and a lot of people turned up to see me and it was it was really uh 
uh, it drove my um, adrenaline to, 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 to see you guys and, and, and gals, uh, the divas at the time, to come <laughs> and support me. It was awesome. So I show up, and I've, like I said, I've got a piece of pizza and a yogurt. And I remember kind of looking like, okay, go, like, thumbs up, give me a thumbs up, Chris. And I'm like, I'm like, taking this bite of pizza, and this guy, like, pushes me from behind and i'm like what's up because dude you can't stand there in front of him eating <laughs> he's been in the water for I like mean, 18 I, hours and i had a i had a fast before i uh, because i couldn't use the bathroom so i'm sitting there and it's like you know i'm i'm miserable <laughs> i mean my body's itching me because it depleted all its oil i'm i'm nauseous i can't go to the bathroom i haven't eaten in days and i'm looking at this dude eating pizza <laughs> in front of me um, must have been kind of uh, honestly I, I was i was honestly it, it was honestly the whole thing was a big blur wow. um, to me because um, you, you kind of your body goes into a different state when you're in those conditions. You know, like, as I said, you know, I, I jumped in a, a neighbor's pool for 12 hours and that's how I tried this. And I came out and I was itching and I thought it was the chlorine that was making my skin, you know, re- really ir- irritated. But when I did this at the WWE, it was like I had to do this. And that really was one of the steps along the way that allowed me to flourish you know and live my dream it was a series of small things and that was a big break for me because at the time you know no one no one ever spent 24 hours on the water and and you know i did this thing and i had to accomplish it it was in the middle of times square and it was hundreds of thousands of people that walked past there every day so it was a great opportunity for me but i i knew that I would die trying. I was not going to give up, and and so you know WWE and and all of its uh, their their stars you know gave me that support and that opportunity to to flourish. So how did you come up with that idea in the first place? Is that a Houdini thing? Well, Houdini uh, did this thing where he would be submerged in a tank for minutes and then he would escape, and you know that would be the end of it. And I just thought, well, what if I was in there for a long period of time, you know? And then years later, uh, another magician kind of took that idea from me and did that uh as well but the next level yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, well he just to sat in there for a few days, you know, oh. days longer. But but basically, it was I was first. the first guy to do it. You were first. But that was the thing, you know. I, I always wanted to do uh, to do things that really pushed the envelope and really showed people that when the mind, body, and spirit works together, that anything is truly possible. And and that really illustrated that, I guess, you know, for the day and age that that I was capable of doing it, you know. But, but so, so when when you're in there and 24 hours, like you know, it's funny. The first hour I was right uh, upside down, and then I had about. I had the whole time I had like 25 pounds of like chain and handcuffs and leg irons that I had to stay in because at the end it was live on Good Morning America and I had to escape everything and escape this tank and I didn't know if I could do it because I never practiced it once I didn't know what my strength level would be because I hadn't eaten for days and I was exhausted I couldn't sleep so it was really risky and it was live on television so um, you know it was a lot of firsts and I took a lot of chances but that's what you got to do you know in order to succeed but mentally, so like I'm thinking, okay, physically, like you said, okay, your your body's depleted of oil. You still got your oxygen, but to me, mentally, just standing in this position or, or floating yeah. this position, what do you do with your mind at that point in time? It's all a mental game. I mean, I I think that uh, I'm a big proponent that the that the body is a slave to the mind, right? And I think that the mental toughness is more important than physical toughness because if you're mentally tough then the physical will happen if you're if you're not tough mentally you'll quit you'll give up it's why people don't live their dreams right it's why some people succeed in living their dream and some people talk about their dream talk about their desires in life talk about
about what they like, but they don't live it because they're not disciplined enough to put the the sweat equity in to put the to have the passion, the perseverance, the stick-to-itiveness to accomplish something because mentally they're not tough. And that toughness is not only to accomplish things, but it's in trying to physically do things. You know, whether you're a fighter or, or you're a wrestler and you want to do some move and, you know, it's dangerous, but you, you got to be, you got focus and, and, and just be mentally tough and mentally strong to accomplish whatever you set your mind to. I firmly believe that. Mm. So when you got pulled out of the water on Good Morning America, because I remember I watched it. it was yeah. The next day, that's my boy. <laughs> How, was your body depleted? Were you f***ed up? Was I, I was pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, my nose to this day, if you see, I still have a scar uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, underneath it. it. And that's from the mask wearing away like at oh, my skin. Wow. I went to the hospital because I was so itchy. I couldn't stop itching. And that was because my body depleted like all the oils and now if i go into a shower for more than 30 minutes i get very very itchy now seriously and the first thing i did when i got out of there after i went to the hospital i went to my favorite uh, pizzeria which is two brothers in long island on long island and i had a bunch of pizza because probably subliminally <laughs> he, Sorry, he screwed man. up my mind you know and i i ate a bunch of pizza i can't something about pizza and i don't know why <laughs> exactly but uh, but yeah that was one of you know i've done over now over a thousand demonstrations on television television and i've done crazier things than that but uh it all started from the wwe very humble beginnings and uh, a dream i didn't come from money i didn't come from a family of entertainers and uh, it just goes to show you that i'm living proof that if you want something out of life and you work for it you don't give up and it's a realistic goal you can accomplish it mm. did the uh the the water trick show we say did that help you kind of move on because the next thing i know you're on mind freak and you're like the, one of the biggest guys in the country and it wasn't too long after you had done this trick well what happened was is i i i, I always knew i'd be successful because i always knew that i work harder than anybody else and i always knew that you know what what i lack for talent i'll make up with tenacity and and learning and the desire to be a sponge you know and so uh um, so, so that opportunity really allowed me in 2001, I opened up in October at the WWE, uh, 2002 by myself, I, I landed two, uh, I, I did a television special on, um, at the time it was on, um, the family channel, uh, ABC family. And it was a show called mind freak. I directed an executive producer. I sold it myself and I shot a lot of, a lot of it in the WWE and, wow. and New York city. And, uh, that was out of 13 nights of original program. That was the number one show for them. And then that led me to a sci-fi special that I did the next year, which was called supernatural. And, uh, that was, uh, the leading show for Sharon Doherty's, uh, scare tactics, which they put all their money in that show, but we beat that show. Yeah. So it was great. And then, then I went to, uh, I, so then I w I'm like, now people are coming to the WWE to see, because now I've had all this TV exposure and this platform, you know, and, and there's great reviews and stuff. And so people are coming here now I'm like in a, like a little 145 seat venue. And it was kind of like disappointing to people because they thought like in their mind that I was much bigger than that. So I knew that it was time after 600 performances in this 145 seat banquet room on a 10 by 11 foot stage that's nine inches thick uh, that I needed to move on. And, you know, the McMahons, um, you know, uh, spent some time, uh, you know, kind of talking and, and we, we, we kind of discuss, you know, can we move this? 
you know, down a road through the WWE. But at the time, you know, it, it, it wasn't, you know, there's so much going on in WWE, you know, between pay-per-view and stuff. It wasn't something that, you know, maybe they had 100% confidence in at the time, mm-hmm. which I understand because it took a lot of money to do it. And so I kind of went uh, on from there and uh, I just kept on moving forward, moving forward. But throughout the entire duration of my career, I've always kept in touch with them. They've, you know, like, uh, Stephanie and, and, and Triple H have been to my house for dinner. Mm. We, we, I, I, one time they got their jet got stuck here and I flew them on my jet to, to New York because they were stuck because it was uh, uh, Mr. McMahon's birthday. Mm. They had to get back and it was just a coincidence. And then they sent me a bunch of beautiful wine. They're, I mean, they're lovely people. They're really, really uh, wonderful people and I'm honored to call them a friend. I don't think people realize just how much they were involved in your early years. Like I said, like whenever I think of you, I still think about my buddy at the, at the yeah. You know, at the, at well, the, I, I was yeah. I was I was you know the WWE. You know, I was I was there uh, for 2001 till 2003. You know, mm. um, and I, I did 600 shows there, and you know I was part of uh, Raw. Mm. I, I they had me in their magazines. I mean, uh, they were they were really wonderful. They give me all these opportunities through their outlets you know and did you ever and, do a trick for vince uh yeah i think they came to actually see the show i know uh, uh mrs mcmahon came to see the show and uh you know i've i've met with them uh, in their offices yeah, in yeah. i think in connecticut um and stephanie's been to the show her brother's been to the show uh, a lot of the, the wrestlers and mm-hmm. you know they've always been i i actually did uh monday night raw and uh, mr mcmahon uh had me introduce uh a fight that he was involved with with uh um, uh, with uh, uh, John Cena, okay. uh, who's you know huge, huge sure. you know guy. So like he he took care of me, you know, like mm-hmm. and they still do. And I would do anything in the world for them. And now we work together in our fight in pediatric cancer. You know, um, you know, I know that Stephanie and and, and Triple H, you know, are are very passionate about children and the epidemic. You know, one child every two minutes is diagnosed with cancer, and cancer is a leading cause of death among children by disease. And out of every hundred dollars that's raised by the American Cancer Institute, less than seventy cents goes to pediatric cancer. And I know these are statistics that drive them crazy, like they drive me crazy. So they were very helpful in my quest uh, that just happened here. This. Event Event at the Luxor called Help Heal Every Life Possible. We were trying to raise a million dollars, and they were really great. Paul Stanley, what an amazing human being! Great guy. Uh, he's the one who kind of reconnected he us. Did, yeah, and I love that man. Like I- I've been such a huge Kiss fan since I was a kid, and and Paul Stanley, you know, is just. You know, he's a superhero that comes to life, <laughs> yeah. you know. He's and, a real life superhero. Yeah, he really Especially is. The guys like us, and and he, you know went out of his way to do so many beautiful things, you know, to try to help me and this charity and to really help these kids. You know, he got Roger Daltrey's microphone signed. You know, he got money donated. He donated his own guitar. I mean, this man, people don't know, you know, like, you know, when people talk shit about him, it just drives me crazy because people don't know, like, what a gentle soul, what a wonderful human being he is besides being you know, a, a brainiac with what he's done with the band and the music that he's created. And, you know, people talk shit, but like that guy is like in the pantheon of great celebrities that are just beautiful people. 
he's there, you know, like, and there's not, I've met a lot of celebrities and a lot of them are freaking dicks. You know, they're like so disappointing. Like I looked up to them, I thought, and then you meet them and you're just like, man, you believe your own hype. You're like, you act like he is, he was just like, text me, hey, Chris, do you want my guitar? Would that help out? Like just the yeah. nice guy, you know? And, and so I'm f- so grateful to him and, uh, and we have another, uh, a mutual, uh, D D Schneider, you know, another one that's just, you know, from long Island, known him for years. He was a big proponent of mine in the nineties, trying to get my song in his movie, strange land at the time, m- set up meetings for me. Cause he believed in me. Um, and to this day, man, like we're just like great friends. I do anything in the world for him. Wonderful human being. And, uh, so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really fortunate. You know, I'm in a place in my life right now where I, you know, I have the show here. I've been doing it for eight years. I have two more years to go. I, but you know, it's, it's just a really great place in my life. And I think my real calling because I was blessed with so much success is, is to meet people like yourself and to try to do things to help children, to be a voice for the greater good, not for myself, but for these kids that suffer with life and death every moment of every day. And I think that's why, you know, uh, this love that I have for these kids have brought me to people like Paul Stanley, who's a hero of mine, or to Chris Jericho, or to Dee Schneider, or, you know, to Gary Oldman, who's just the most amazing human being besides you know, a thespian of thespians, he's incredible, you know, so I'm just, I'm just so thankful. Talk is Jericho. You know what I like talking to you is that when I was walking down here, you have all these amazing motorcycles in your lobby and you've got all these pictures of all the people that have kind of come see you. You're still a fan as well. Is Absolutely. it cool for you to be in Vegas and have, like like you said, like Paul Stanley and Dee Snyder, like you're almost like the rock star of magicians and illusionists. Uh, has there been some people that have come to see your show that have just blown your mind even, even more so than the guys we've talked about already? You know, one of the things that I... The, I, I say on stage uh, some nights is that you know I've been I was a big Michael Jackson fan, a huge Michael Jackson fan, and and I found out because Paris, his daughter, came to see my show, mm-hmm. and she was blown away. And she came backstage and she was like, you know, my father was such a big fan. We would watch the show together, wow. and like religiously. And you know, when I was a kid, I used to wear your shirts, and like I saw pictures of her like wearing my <laughs> shirts, and she's like, you know, my dad loved your stuff. He snuck in and saw your show, and then. I, she came and she appeared on my television uh, uh, special, Tricked Up, um, and I did something that I dedicated to her, her father and her, and it was something that I knew her dad would have loved, something I've been working on for over 15 years, which is this crazy levitation. And after she saw it, she said, if my dad were alive, he would have stole that. Wow. And I would have given it to the guy because he, he reached out to us because he wanted, to, he wanted me to work on um, – some material for his London tour, but I never got the opportunity. The last one that he was going to never, I got the opportunity to meet him. And, uh, you know, that's the person that I would have lost my mind to meet. Cause I, I don't know. I just, uh, was a big Michael Jackson fan and what he accomplished. And he was, you know, really just, you know, he he just fill the stage by standing on it with nothing. Well, he understood the concept of the illusion too. I'm sure you heard about yeah. the, the, the little pegs that he invented to put the shoes in to do the smooth criminal, Bend forward. He didn't dance. actually invent that. Okay. That's based off of an old illusion. But nice. what he did do is he was the first to bring that in a commercial way to the public like Madonna did with Voguing. Voguing was in like New York City clubs all the time and Madonna saw it and it knew how to commercialize it. So she packaged it in a way where it looked like she brought it 
you know, she, that she invented this. But at the time, you know, it, it wasn't something that, you know, it's really, there's not a lot of things to invent in the world. It's all, there's some interpretation <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Let's something, else, though, you know, you know but, yeah. but Michael uh, was somebody that was the first in a lot of ways. And I have nothing but the greatest respect uh, for him and what he's accomplished. And uh, Paris is, uh, you know, just an extension of him. And she's amazing on my show. And she's a friend of mine. And I'm, I'm very honored to know the family. I was going to ask you before when you're talking about um, doing kind of like the submerging in water. We're pretty much the same age. I'm a few years younger, but we come from the same generation. I'll never forget Happy Days when Fonzie has to do the milk can trick. James Randi, because James, amazing Randi, yeah, gets too of drunk. Yeah. Did, did that inspire you when you were a kid? Uh, well, yeah. Anything magic, uh, I, I loved. You know, I loved Doug Henning. Uh, I, I, I Yeah, yeah. I loved Doug Henning. You know, and uh, uh, very um, underrated magician. Um, and and a guy that really was a product of the times. If there was no Doug Henning, it would never be a David Copperfield. Really? Yeah, Doug Henning that. really really was responsible for the resurgence of magic back then. I mean, he was the guy that came out was a product of the times, and magic wasn't popular. You know, he came out and made it popular. He was he had the longest Broadway show at the time. He uh, he he broke really all sorts of records and all sorts of barriers. I mean, he was on Johnny Carson. He was he was the guy, and then uh, and then. You know, David Copperfield, essentially, the producers kind of stole um, the whole idea of um, of Spellbound, which was Doug Henning's show or The Magic Show. And then they did a show called The Magic Man after the success of Doug Henning to try to kind of play off of the success of Doug Henning. And they did the show, which, you know, which was kind of that. So, like, really... Um, Doug Henney opened up the gates for everybody to come through. Mm. And uh, and that really is the truth. I mean, Doug Henning left magic because he really believed in the, you know, transcendental meditation uh, and uh, went to the Maharishna and, you know, kind of dedicated his life, you know, for um, practicing that. Um, and that really... Uh, perpetuated um some of the magicians that were around then because uh, doug henning was the guy he was the number one guy out there no one could touch him so uh he uh, ran for prime minister of canada in 1992 and i remember hearing he goes if i can make an elephant disappear i can make the deficit disappear and i voted for him doug <laughs> henning. i'm voting for doug henning for prime minister but yeah like you said a very underrated guy yeah and you know amazing randy yeah amazing guy. randy you know has has been such a proponent of you know, like th these people that claim they can talk to the dead, mediums and psychics, mm -hmm. you know, he kind of took over where Houdini left off and put his money where his mouth was with, with the foundation and, um, you know, went out there and, you know, kind of put people through the test. You know, you say you have these abilities. Right. Well, let's put you through the test. I have a million dollars on the line. And I, a couple of times, you know, with this, this clown in uh, Long Island, the Long Island psychic. So, you know, he put a million dollars of his own money. Well, down. it was a foundation. If you can prove that yeah. you can talk to And then I threw thing. another million dollars of my own okay. money into <laughs> it. And I basically, you know, challenged the Long Island psychic, uh, you know, who's just basically doing, you know, kind of very. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, she's using techniques that are 
you know, very uh, kind of like the beginning stages of, of like, you know, mentalism as or a, as cold a, reading. As an illusionist, or, you can see this right away. Oh, it's yeah. comical. You know, uh, John Edwards is a joke. You know, my, one of my best friends is a guy named Banachek. He's the world's greatest mentalist. And this guy's written seven books on the subject. He's probably more respected in mentalism than any, any person living today. He actually um, works with James Randi and the foundation, and he helps set the test conditions. And he's my friend for many years. He's a producer on my show. And, um, you know, people want to believe, especially, you know, I don't have a problem with people do it as entertainment, but when you sit there and you lose your loved one, a child or whoever it is, and you're so desperate because you had such a connection with love with this person, and this person is like, well, I can communicate with them. Give me some money. Mm-hmm. And they're just giving you this false sense of hope when it's in reality just taking advantage of the vulnerable and that's it doesn't get much worse than that so um that challenge still remains two million dollars for you uh to take this little test just to expose that you're just a fraud like everybody else john edwards uh sylvia brown died so she can't do it and that long island psychic uh, i'm embarrassed because she's from long island i'm from long island you so know am I. i'm from long island. yeah yeah so Manhasset. yeah it's yeah. East, east meadow <laughs> we like to think of it as strong island flavor flavor myself <laughs> you know? yeah boy yeah so what, what do you consider yourself chris are you an illusionist a magician a combination I, I'm an artist, you artist, know, like yeah. I'm an artist that utilizes different aspects of, um, of, of art to connect to people. Like you'll see people crying during my show. Magic has never had that effect on people because what I try to produce with art and through art is the magic of emotion. It's connecting to people and giving them a feeling and, and allowing them to be moved, not because of how something works, but by how it makes them feel when they watch it. And magic hasn't done that. You know, you'll see multiple standing ovations tonight. You won't see that in any Las Vegas show. And and that's because people want to escape, but they also want to connect to something. Mm-hmm. And this show, there's a lot to connect to. It's an emotional roller coaster. And I'm one minute, I'm one way. The next minute, I'm completely antithesis. And so it's really, you know, this crazy ride. And at the end of the show, you feel empowered. You feel like you can go out and conquer the world. I want to leave people with hope. I want to leave people in a sense of positivity because we live in a very negative world sometimes. I mean, if you look around the world, you look at the internet, people hide behind a keyboard. They spew hatred to other people and you know it's 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 really unfortunate that it has to be it has to be like that you know we need more love in the world we need to inspire people we need to move people we need to to real to to have a reality check you know so we're all the same man we bleed the same color blood doesn't matter if you're black white brown or green so we need to stand together and fight you know, with love, hatred, we need to fight violence, we need to fight the evil that manifests itself in the world, you know, and that's something I believe is bipartisan, I think we can all agree on that, but yet, it seems like the world is very negative sometimes. It's a very kiss attitude, when I say that, because it's funny, because for myself, Kiss's attitude, the band, was always believe in yourself, don't listen to people that can't tell you, tell you can't do something, and I've built my entire career and life upon that, being a huge Kiss fan when I was a kid, you seem to have the same Kiss affiliation. Absolutely, yep. And Kiss is always about believing in yourself and making it happen. And it's just you're another example of that. Yeah, and and you know what I I, I remember you know listening to Kiss music and <laughs> and and it would be a, a day where there would be steam coming out of the sewer, you know, and I pretended that that was fog and I was playing the guitar <laughs> and I was Paul Stanley. So 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 like you know I I was definitely inspired by Kiss in the day their theatrics, you know what they what they brought to the stage and it was something that 
was really unique and different and original. And, and that's really what I wanted to do. You know, like if you look at Ace Frehley's outfit, that's really derived from the Kabuki theater, mm -hmm. you know. Um, sure so and Bill Coin, I've known Bill Coin for many years. No he kidding. unfortunately passed away years back, but he was somebody that was a big proponent of mine, too. Did he give you advice? Yes. He gave really? me the greatest advice. And I have a picture in my house of this moment. I got done doing a showcase in California and I was very depressed. I was sitting against a big dumpster and I had tears in my eyes. And Bill Coin came over to me and he said, he said to me, Chris, what you, what's up? And I said, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out. I put all my eggs in one basket. He's like, Chris, you got you to do this. This is the best time of your life. And I was like, what do you mean it's the best time of my life? He's like, it is. The journey is far greater than a destination. Hmm. And that's really true. Because the journey, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's exciting. But once you get there, it's even more difficult to remain there. You know, I, I work harder now than I ever worked in my life to remain number one in the world yeah. of what my field is. And, and, and I literally work 18, 20 hours a day, seven days a week. Like I'm doing my live show. I have a touring show. I have a TV show. I have many projects going on at one time. And it's... It's insane if I think back to, to, you know, to think about how I used to work and how I work now. Mm -hmm. It's two completely different people. So you know, I really understood what he meant by those words. Now, I didn't understand it when he said it to me, though. Yeah, once you get to the top of the mountain, it's harder to stay on there because everyone wants to knock you off. Yeah, you have a big target right, on your right, head. You know, so you have people that will resort to buying Twitter followers like the guy next door to try to like, you know, it's he'll resort to calling up people in the press and, and trying to get them to retract quotes about me. He'll, you know, it's, it's unbelievable how insecure entertainers are mm -hmm. because all they have in their life is their work and they don't even enjoy it they just do it because of their ego mm -hmm. like you know when you have love in your life everything else is put in perspective supersedes all of it yeah talk is talk is talk is jericho you mentioned before when we mentioned the uh the the 24-hour water gag how you've done a lot of crazier things tell me some of the other crazy things you've done that are worse than that well a lot of people talk about the fish hooks so in the wwe i also did another demonstration on broadway in 43rd and that was to hang uh for a world record which is about six hours with six fish hooks in my body and i hung through my flesh by these hooks spinning around in the middle of the daytime, people were like in a puke, and it was really disgusting. <laughs> but it got people's attention, and I went into the, I think it's the uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, or Guinness Book of World, one of those things for the longest uh, um, hung, longest hang, fish hang, hook fish hook hang, yeah, hanging. yeah, and then. And then I took it even to another level on my TV show, Mindfreak. I think in season two, I hung by four fish hooks, only four through just my back. And I hung from a helicopter and I was up about a thousand feet. And one of the things that I didn't take into consideration, and I didn't have any painkillers, no, nothing to numb my skin. It was just pure mind over matter. And eventually the pain you become numb to the pain because you just become used to it, you know? Uh, but I hung from a helicopter and as I'm, on the helicopter is another helicopter that's shooting the whole thing. And I didn't take into consideration all the downdraft from the other helicopter, which had a tremendous amount of turbulence. So my skin was stretching and ripping oh. and I was up there for 30 minutes. Uh, at first I couldn't do it. I, I, I almost puked. 
but I had to go up there because as an executive producer, I had no show and I'm responsible for the, for the money. So I had to do it. That was pretty crazy. Um, but, but Chris, how do you how do you hook the like? I'm thinking Jim Rose sideshow yeah. where they would just put the hook in there. Is there a certain point of your skin where there's no nerves? Or well, you, you, or you no no is you this feel acupuncture no 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 no. These are huge gauge hooks that go through your flesh. And I had a guy that does a lot of body suspensions do it for me. Uh, Alan actually uh, from Texas. Shout out to Alan. Uh, yeah, and he 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 understands how deep to put them in because if you put them in too deep you'll hit the muscle you can do right. permanent damage if you put it in too shallow it'll rip your skin right it'll go right through your skin and you're a hundred feet or whatever a thousand feet a thousand up. feet at least a thousand feet you're done yeah you can look that up it's it's a nutty demonstration so that was that was pretty intense uh lighting myself on fire uh, for my mom's birthday 70th birthday was pretty crazy because of how i lit myself on fire and <laughs> had to put an illusion well i lit my i was 13 14 feet in a blaze it wasn't like this little blaze that you see in a movie, I like running down. I was walking, and I was I burned my. That's where that burn. See the burn there, yeah. Uh, I have you know I have a burn on my leg. That was pretty nutty. Um, walking down the uh, the Planet Hollywood, which was at the time called the Aladdin. I was I floated 500 feet above the Luxor in the light. I walked up the Luxor. I mean, all these things you can't try. You just you know you hope it's going to work because literally you're taking your life and you're, you're taking your hands because you don't know like, and, and you have to do it surrounded you know people can take video p- pictures 360 degrees above below so you know you, you don't know if you're going to be exposed because somebody sees something they shouldn't see and you don't know if this thing's going to work where you just you know fall to your death so very very scary stuff i mean i've done i've, I've been run over by a steamroller you know which is an illusion but what happens if that illusion doesn't work and that thing just crushes me? Well, sure. You know? I, this is not even close to this, but one time we had a thing where I was with Mike Tyson in, in the WWE, and we were tag team partners. Long story short, he turns on me, punches me in the face. Now, of course, he's punching me and he's not hitting me, but I'm like, what if he does? This right. is Mike Tyson. Yeah. And this is Chris Jericho. If yeah. he hits me, he's going to knock my fucking head off. Right. I have to completely trust the magic of this illusion. Right. How do you do that? When well, here's, here's what I just did with Mike Tyson, <laughs> who Mike Tyson's a good friend of mine. Yeah, so I asked guy. Mike uh, when he was here for my charity, I said, Mike, punch me in the stomach. Give me your best shot in the stomach because I wanted to videotape it for my show. He wouldn't do it. I had Chuck Liddell punch me in the stomach. I had Frank Mir, you know, who's heavy hitters. Yeah. Frank Mir punched me in the stomach. I had Randy Couture punch me in the stomach. And I had Paige Van Zandt punch me in the stomach uh, uh, from the the UFC. But Mike wouldn't do it. So, you know, I I, I didn't know what to expect. But, uh, you know, if he did do it, you know, I was definitely. uh, But it's a mental thing. And and obviously it's a physical thing. But. but yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to be punched uh, in the face by saying. Mike Tyson. So, but, but you have to trust that the illusion... The well, illusion. What, that's not an illusion. That's me just being stupid. See, Houdini died. That's how he died. So he said how? he could take any man's punch, right? So so he, he would prepare himself. He would get the punch. But one day he did a show, and it was a couple of college kids afterwards. And they're like, you know, Mr. Houdini, is it true that you can take any man's punch? And he's like, yes. And the guy just belted him. And Houdini wasn't physically prepared at all. 
and it ruptured his appendix and appendicitis set in and he died in 1926 on Halloween because he was too proud to go to the hospital. Wow. That's how he died. He didn't die from the water torture tank. He died because he got punched in the stomach. stomach. So I wanted to show because Houdini, who was great for his day and age, to take nothing away from him, he's still synonymous with magic, you know, more than 80 years after his death. I wanted to uh, show people that, you know, in the day and age that Houdini, you know, people didn't throw punches like they do today, you know, they weren't the heavyweight champion of the UFC or, 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 or a the Hall boxing. of Famer or whatever it is. So I, I did this on my Mind Freak show. I used a Muay Thai fighter. But now that people know who I am, I can get you know, the, the, the Hall of Famers, the world champions at their, at their, um, you know, at their sport. And so you know, I got three guys to give me their best shot. Um, uh, you know, but, but I couldn't get Mike to do it. <laughs> he, he maybe he likes me too much because so we used to hang out all the time in clubs <laughs> <laughs> that was a C man he would he would have my ass all the time you want to hear a great Chuck Liddell story alright Chuck Liddell is a friend of mine so I'm hanging out one time in a club it was a club um, uh, called Excess and I'm there and I'm sitting there and I'm chatting in, in this like little VIP area by the DJ booth and this guy comes over and he's walking past me he just hits me like not punch body, me, but this body, body checks, checks me. You, yeah, yeah, for no reason. And I turn around and he's like, you know, a little shorter than me, but, you know, has 100 pounds on me, you know, just this big guy. Cigarette machine with a head on it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. And I'm like, you know, and he just, he's like, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, stupid. Like, <laughs> you're a New Yorker. I'm stupid. Like, you know, like, I know a couple of things here and there, but, you know, like, whatever. And it doesn't really matter how big somebody is. But right. then, then his friend comes over, and his friend is probably 275, 270, big dude, like this black guy, like, like a mountain, like just, and he goes, what are you going to do about it, white boy, mm. what he says to me. Right. And I'm just like, you know, just an apology is fine. Next thing you know, I feel a tap on my shoulder. He's like, Chris, is there a problem? Guess who it is? <laughs> Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Now, the big guy doesn't know who Chuck Liddell is for a moment. He doesn't recognize him. And he's like, is there a problem here? You know? And the guy's like talking back to Chuck. And then some other guy runs over to this big guy. He's 270 or whatever. And he's like, uh, you don't want to mess with this guy. And he put his hand out, shook, shook, shook hands. And, and left peacefully. It was a scene out of a freaking movie. And Chuck, to this day, won't let me live that down. So I owe he Chuck Liddell so, like, whatever he wants. Like, <laughs> so, but that was, that was an amazing, amazing uh, moment, moment because I would have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> a lot of trouble. When, when you mention uh, Houdini, is that, is that kind of one of your inspirations? Yeah, who's, sure. Who's the best magicians, illusionists of all time besides, I mean, obviously, well, I mean, generation? It's, it's, it's kind of hard to say who's the best because, you know, like, I'm a general practitioner. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't practice just one thing. I know a little bit. Yeah, kind of, you know, that's what you have to be today. You know, you have to know a little bit about everything. Um, but, but, uh, Houdini, you know, you have to give him props. I mean, was he a great magician? No, but he was great, a great escape artist. He was a provocateur. He knew how to push people's buttons, how to get people to talk about him, how to sell out his shows if they weren't selling out, how to, how to utilize psychology and, 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 and marketing and, and really, 
you know, still to this day be synonymous with magic. So you got to respect that. There are some amazing magicians in the world today that can do things with the deck of cards that will just make your mouth drop. Most, unfortunately, are very boring, though. You see, they don't know how to package it in a way that's pop culture, that's engaging. And that's really where I came in. you do, yeah. Well, that's where I really came in is I said, you know what? I want to help these magicians out because I've been so blessed with success. So I created a show called The Supernaturalist, which features nine unbelievable magicians that I handpicked from all over the world. You'll see the best card manipulator. I created an act from Stefan that's, that people literally stand up in the middle of his act to applaud. You'll see just the most unusual acts, most unusual abilities. And um, you know these people, now I'm trying to package them to give them the opportunity that I never had because it took me 18 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, true. That's exactly. Let me ask you this. With all the crazy stuff you've done, and you mentioned being set on fire. You mentioned walking up the side of the of the Luxor, which, by the way, people don't know it's a pyramid. Yeah. First of all, how did you – I mean, I can't – you're not allowed to say how you do it. But what is your mindset? In the, are you, do you have suction on your shoes or is it with a rope or um, – well. You can watch the illusion. You'll see me tonight uh, levitating, flipping, and floating all over the stage. Um, you won't understand how I do it. I hope. Uh, no one does. Magicians don't even know how I do these things because I've been working on these things for like 15 years. I've employed NASA's uh, vendors to help me with some of this stuff. And you won't see these illusions in any other show, not only in Vegas, but the world. I mean, if you go see a show like Across the Street or the two guys down the block, you'll see that their shows are like dinosaurs. They're so old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, or whatever. Yeah, like it's old school, which is great. There's a place for it in the world and that's good. But you come see my show, you'll see things that you've never seen in your life it's it's because i've worked for like 15 20 years with the most incredible team in my 60,000 square foot laboratory to bring these things to life and people go crazy you know we'll get seven eight standing ovations in a show Mm. so so for me i hope you don't understand how these things work and that it kind of spawns the child that lives in all of us to wonder like how does he do it and how it makes you feel when you watch it that's what my goal is as an artist um it really is not important how i do it i can just say this when i'm doing these things whether it's walking up the lux or floating over it or doing my show every night i take big chances with my life every single performance i could kill myself in the seven o'clock show that you're going to see tonight in many different ways and once you see it you'll understand why you know it's interesting because you're talking about for for similarities between what you do and what and what we do wrestling wise sure it's the same thing it's a little bit of an illusion obviously the 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 door has been pulled open a little bit more in wrestling but i'll never tell the tricks people know them fine but how do you do this i'll never say was that real oh yeah it was real did that hurt yeah it can hurt but the thing is though Yes or no, whatever you could get legitimately hurt, sure. killed. You know, oh well, many worried. people that have, uh, sure. you know, uh, have gotten. You've probably gotten seriously injured. I'm sure in your career. Have you ever been injured? Oh yeah, I've I've tore my my bicep off of my bone. I have two complete tears in my rotator cuff, which I had have a four hour surgery. They thought I wouldn't be able to do raise my hand raise over hand. over How my. How did that happen in a certain? Uh, in doing the straight jacket in Times Square in front of like twenty thousand people and from my show. What was the gag? I was in the first person to ever uh, be in two. I was in a straight jacket, like not a bullshit straight jacket, like you buy it imagine, like a real straight jacket from the Posey Company, which supplies mental institutions, hospitals. I was in one, and then they had a transport jacket over me, so I had two jackets on, which had never been done, two jackets. And I had 50 pounds of weight, because I'm totally into mixed martial arts. And I thought, like, 
it should be a instead of a race against the clock like this fake clock that says you have a countdown that's bullshit Mm -hmm. like I want a real race, so I wanted to have a noose around my neck with 50 pounds of weight that the more I moved, the tighter it would go, and it would you know, eventually you know, make me unconscious. So I would have to get out before I went on. Un- yeah, it choked me out, so I had to get out before I went unconscious. So I went to Randy Couture. I went to his gym, showed him what I wanted to do. We worked on it. He choked me out. I wanted to see what that felt like so I know the telltale signs of everything closing in. It's right. like a tunnel, all that stuff. And then I, so I went to New York City and and I, I did it. I was successful, but in the in the process, I completely tore my bicep off of my bone. I tore my my right shoulder in two different places completely, and I still have a, a tear in my left shoulder, which I have to have surgery on. But I can't. I have two more years left in my contract, so I have to wait. Doing I, how many shows a week? I do four hundred fifty shows a year. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's insane. I do uh, two tonight. Yeah. Is there ever a time, like, do you have a safe word where if something goes completely wrong and like, you can't get out, do you say, like, you know, you know Barbados and your, guy, <laughs> Barbados. <laughs> and your boy comes and pulls you out of water? Um, well, in, in, the, in the live show, no, I don't. I'm kind of at my own. Live without a net. Yeah, live without a net. Uh, when I'm doing things, you know, like on television, uh, like in Mind Freak, you know, the, the problem is even with me giving a, like tapping my head, which would mean like I'm in trouble. Um, you know, when you're under, you know, cement or, you know, a guy died with being buried alive and I saw him die on this news thing, Joe Burris. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to be the first person to do that because Houdini would never bury himself alive. He was, he said the weight of the earth was too great. And then I did it. I was the first person not only to do it in cement, which is pretty you freaking buried nice. yourself alive in cement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it solidify instantly? Uh, no, we made sure it didn't. <laughs> say, but it's the weight of the cement, which How you much try. Time do you have? Uh, not much, because I had to. I had to try to. I mean, if you ever get buried just on the beach, you know, into some sand, you'll see how hard it is to move the earth. It's very yeah. difficult. But uh, if people had the opportunity to watch uh, Tricked Up on A and E, then they would see that. You know, for me, it's not about living or dying. It's about doing these crazy demonstrations. I do over thirty different uh, demonstrations in like an hour. And I'm doing it to like different celebrities from Gary Oldman to Andrew Dice Clay to, you know, Chuck Liddell to Frank Mir, uh, Paige Van Zandt, Miles Brown. Um, I, I'm doing these crazy things, but it's like at a rapid pace. It's no bullshit. It's just like crazy stuff that I, I mean, like just crazy things. I, I rip somebody's body in half. I, uh, I levitate for Paris Jackson like a maniac throughout the whole casino. I, um, I, 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 you see me get the, the, the punches from from all these guys you see uh, I just do crazy I go into like a re- it's kind of like you know like jackass for magic right, it's right, this right, crazy right, right. obnoxiously delicious show <laughs> getting down to the last few questions man first of all I would never want to get in a fight with you <laughs> I think you do just, just fine <laughs> you do just well, fine last few things. you mentioned one thing that I just have to ask you but you said you have the 60 I could be wrong the 60 square foot the, the laboratory 60,000 square foot 60,000 square yeah, foot laboratory yeah, it's big what what is that? Is that where you come with you? Uh, well, you have to. I'm going to take you there one time. Okay. I'll give you a tour. But basically, it's uh, two buildings, and one building is um, totally dedicated to um, uh, to creation. So it's like you know, I have an idea. Um, uh, it, it, it needs to be uh, fabricated. So we have CMC machines. I own. We have you know full. I have. You know, with this show and, and over there, probably 150 people that work for me. You I know, saw the pictures on their wall. Yeah. yeah, I have lots of people. That's just for here. But then I have my TV show. Then I have my 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 studio, and so I have 
I employ you know a lot of people. So so uh, over there it's fabrication. I have a staging area. Once something's built, I can practice it. I can put together shows. I could direct shows there. So I have a big space. I have a storage area. I have a think tank area. I have a I have a costume shop there. I have a prop shop there. I have sculpt. We can sculpt anything we want there. Uh, then I have uh, on the in the other building a television studio, six, uh, a huge sixty foot green screen. I have uh, different sets that that are there or that can be built um i have a merchandise area graphics department uh, complete full television one-stop facility shop. with avids and uh 3d animation um own all my own cameras all my jib arms uh steady cams uh drones you know i spent uh, a lot of money to have the infrastructure to kind of do whatever it is i want to do so when d when i when D said I could use the song for the kids, uh, I said, D, yeah, I said, I want to, I want to do this in the desert. So I just brought my crew and in three hours I shot that music video. He had no idea what I was going to do. Check it on YouTube. It's kind of a very powerful ballad version. Six million views. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. He did a great job. Is there a trick that you're working on that you haven't been able to, uh, you know, figure out yet? I, uh, one of the ones that was really, really difficult and took me probably the most amount of time is the Levitt you're going to see in tonight's show it, this has never been done in the history of magic there's a lot of things my 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 cutting in half has never been done um there are so many different uh illusions in this show that that have never been done like if you go see another show you'll see them like wheel out this this box with you yeah, know, yeah. shove a girl in there with leotard i mean that's kind of the old school way of doing two it two girls will be in yeah. there or something yeah just something like that to me that's cheesy i i always thought that was cheesy for me magic has to look like a movie you have to create movement magic but you have to give it an emotion and a connection that goes beyond the enigma of the thing but really can connects to people on some visceral visceral mm-hmm. level you know so so i think what you see in the show tonight and how i package it with you know nine different screens all original video content which i shot in my studio which i directed in my studio and we edited in my studio there's 3d immersion in the show so basically you you know you'll see me on stage in the middle of 3d without putting glasses on um you'll see uh crazy demonstrations you'll laugh you'll 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 think it's sexy you'll think it's scary um it's trippy and uh it has heart you know it's it's really i'm very proud of the show we have lasers in the show we have over a thousand lights the latest greatest lights the greatest latest greatest technologies that are in the show more than any other show in las vegas we have the latest greatest stuff and that's really because i'm a spokesperson for like barco which is like the greatest led wall projection units in the world and I've been able to to convince them that uh, that I am going to create something for them that they're going to be very proud of and and I did and now they have all their customers coming to see how I utilize their product because it's very different uh, lasers and uh, pyrotechnics and it's it's a very very cool show and I'm really you know just honored to do what I love here at the Luxor Cirque du Soleil has been amazing and giving me this opportunity and and uh, you know I do it 10 times a week <laughs> so sometimes it's a little challenging you know what's your favorite uh your favorite uh, illusion that you do it's it's they're all my children yeah, you know and i do over i think about almost 50 different things in the show i like a lot of magic like if you go see another magic show there's like 15 things mm-hmm. here i just want to like have it be a freight train i just want it to be exciting i don't want people to be bored i don't want people to like look at their clock or like have time to talk sure, to somebody sure, sure. so i just put so, a shitload of magic that i love as as a fan of magic, you know, and it, it's always different. So it's hard to pick one over the other, but I could just say that the levitation 
is pretty spectacular. I've had many very credible magicians in this show, including Lance Burton, who's you know a friend of mine who's been doing, he did, I don't know, 16,000 shows in Vegas. And he does not understand how I, <laughs> how I, how I do it. And he doesn't want to know. That's the beauty of it. He doesn't say, it. like, come on, tell me. No, nah, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to know. Like, he loves that he can be fooled because it's so hard to be fooled. You know, when you've been doing this for so long since you're a kid, you see something in two seconds, you know. It would be like somebody doing a move in the yeah. ring, right? And then they do something like, wait a second. Normally, they would do that to break the fall, but they didn't do that. So what the hell broke their fall? I want to know. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so that's kind of the thing. But, um, yeah, I mean – Magicians, I, I don't think, and I don't say this conceited, I say this with confidence because I put the sweat equity in the years with my incredible team to do this. Uh, there will be no magic show that will touch this show for at least 20, 25 years. Wow. Technologically. So the technology can catch up. Yeah, because I mean, we're using technology in a show that you can't even get right now. It's just because of my relationship with the companies. But yeah, it's it's pretty... The planets had to align perfectly to for this. me to do this because, yeah. like, you know, like the people I have working for me are specialists in certain areas that I just happen to need for it. It's just, it's just crazy. Very much like, happens. It just, yeah. It was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Last question: What's your favorite Kiss album? The, you know, the one when I was a kid that I kept on looking at was, you know, the first Kiss Alive, you yeah. know, because of that picture. Yeah. You know, in, <laughs> the, in the smoke. Well, that's actually the oh, back the cover. Oh, the, no, yeah, no. Yeah. And the back cover, right? There was yeah. a picture of, uh, I remember there was the candles and they had all the smoke and the mushrooms. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, you know, it was just this, just this energetic picture that for a kid that was you know 10 11 12 years old was like wow you know it was beyond yeah and then and then you know kiss alive 2 came out and then you opened it up and then you had them now they made money now you have them on the the big risers <laughs> that are like hydraulic the, the and then real you have orange flame yeah you have you have all that stuff but uh you know i i don't know there there's um it's weird because for me you know music can bring you back so quickly it's a time machine it, it really is a time machine and you know you can appreciate a song completely different differently than somebody else because of what it meant to you at that time where you were who you're with a lot of these people are no longer on this earth so you know the song holds a special place in your heart so uh but yeah i mean kiss um Paul Stanley, man. You're the man. Me too. I feel the same way. I, I can't wait to, to have him come to Vegas and, and spend uh, come see the show or get to, to spend some time with yeah. him. I, I so look forward. If you, Paul, if you're listening to this, come see me. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much, Chris. I'm going to send you. I just a- want to say something real quick to say thank you for coming to Vegas, for spending time with me and allowing me to be your guest. It's an honor and a privilege to know you. You're such a good guy. Um, when, I, uh, when we t- chatted, I just want people to know like your heart is amazing. Right away, you wanted to contribute and help with the charity for these children, and that really means a lot to me because a lot of people say things, but they don't follow through. Mm-hmm. You were on it. You shot a video. You, you're right there, and I just want to say uh, from my heart, you're a wonderful human being. I thank you. And uh, it's an honor to know you. Well, like I said, dude, it's been 17 years, and I felt bad for eating pizza in front of you when you were submerged in the water for uh, 24 hours. Next time you have pizza, we'll have it together. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you so you, much, Chris. God bless you. God bless you too, man. Accused of a crime, but nobody believes you? Is Joe Law breathing down your neck? 
My name's Chris Hand, attorney at law, and with my brother Corey, who's also an attorney, we're two hands that will get you off. Are you a nerd who tricked a jock's girlfriend into having sex with you by wearing a mask? We'll get you off. Or maybe you're a scientist accused of tricking Libyans into giving you radioactive material. We'll get you off. Or maybe you were a lady that thought you were having sex with a consenting adult who turned out to be a 13-year-old made big by a Zoltar machine. We've seen it a thousand times. We'll get you off. No case is too hard, and we can't wait to show you our briefs. We're the lawyers they'll never see coming when we force our way into every single one of their chambers and plead your case straight on their face. To find out how we can represent you, listen to the Team Tiger Awesome show every Sunday right here on the Jericho Network and Podcast One. Team Tiger Awesome does those hilarious fake ads in their episodes, all of them. If you want more of them, then hit that subscribe button on iTunes. And while you're there, leave them a rating and a review as well. In fact, leave all the Jericho Network podcast ratings and reviews on iTunes. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. We love the feedback on the episodes. Also helps us with advertisers so we can keep giving you all this great content for free every week, twice a week content like chris angel what a great guy he is man you can tell he's legitimately a nice uh nice dude and i actually did eat a piece of pizza in front of him while he was uh suspended in a tank of water for 24 hours yeah what a good friend i was good move jericho you stupid idiot but uh we love doing it for you twice a week but we need your help hit up itunes subscribe leave your reviews we want to get those numbers up on the reviews um, for all the shows and all the shows on the Jericho Network including Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus the flagship show Keep It at 100 with Conan our latest huge smash hit The Raven Effect it's completely insane go check it out and of course the creepy freaky terrifying Beyond the Darkness which brings paranormal tales to you five days a week on the Jericho Network and also just a reminder Talk is Jericho participates in the Amazon Associates program man an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for me to earn the fees by linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites. You can link to Amazon at PodcastOne.com by clicking on the Killer Deals button at the top of the page. Help us out, man. You can also find all my great sponsors there as well, including DDPYoga.com slash Jericho. 30% off the DDP Yoga app and all DDPY merch. Blue Apron. Go to BlueApron.com slash Jericho. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping and go to BetDSI. Register at BetDSI.com. Use the promo code Jericho25. That's my last name, man. And the number 25 to get 25 bucks for free. That's 25 bucks they're going to give to you to use at BetDSI.com. Plus a 200% bonus on your first deposit. Go check it out. That's the way it goes. Thank you so much for checking on all my sponsors. Thanks for listening today and every day. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and coming up on Friday. You've been waiting one year and two days because this is wrestling and we screwed up our timing. One year and two days for the biggest podcast ever, man. We've been talking about this for a year and two days, and it's finally here. The wait is over. Mick Foley makes his talk as Jericho debut, and he is tremendous, a great storyteller. What a cool cat. You are going to love it. So we'll see you on Friday. In the meantime, and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.